All right, well, hello, Christ Central, great to see you. For those of you here in person, for those watching online, great to have you, and thanks for participating with us. My name's Joe Crummy, and today we're going to continue our series on formation, the way of Jesus. And so we've been discovering, and I've been using this ball of Play-Doh to represent our lives. That's kind of scary and cool all at the same time, isn't it? <laughs> that we've been realizing that the culture around us, whether we know it or not, is always forming and shaping and molding us. And we've been sort of discovering or rediscovering that we see that God is the one who wants to form and shape and mold us. And we're kind of in this process of understanding how does God do that and representing that this morning, people online, for those here, are at different parts of that journey of discovering that relationship with Jesus. So some are just early days of even knowing about Jesus. And so we invite you to participate. For those maybe are new to this journey of walking with Jesus, and for some of us have been for a long time, all together we can be part of growing and developing in that relationship with Jesus. And so we've been looking at how we can do that sort of unintentionally, but more how we really want to do that intentionally. And so we've been using this sort of working definition of what spiritual formation is. I'm going to see if you have it memorized yet or not. It's the process of being formed in the image of Jesus. Why? For the sake of others. And so there you go. You get the uh, hint right there. You get to see it. It's the process of being formed in the image of Christ. So this is what we're doing for the sake of others. And so we realize that Jesus, and at Christmas time, this is what we celebrate. This is what we've just been singing about, that God's created all of us in his likeness. But as we see along the way, we have gotten off path, that we have disregarded God, that we have disobeyed God, we've rebelled against God, we've lost our way, and we see the effects of that all throughout history right to today. And God, in his mercy and grace, intervened. He sent Jesus, God, with us. God came in the flesh. This is what this Christmas season is all about. And Jesus came to make things right again. And he dealt with the sin that separates us from God. He dealt with death that causes us to die spiritually and physically. He dealt with Satan, a real enemy who wants to rob, kill, and destroy. And Jesus did that through his birth, through his life, through his death, through his resurrection, through his ascension, and we know that Jesus is coming again. And in that meantime, we as his followers, we get to be part of his kingdom of bringing heaven to earth. So it's not just something that we believe in Jesus and we hope someday we're going to heaven, although that's true. God wants to restore and bring heaven to earth. So Marcel and that whole wanting to provide homes for people his motivation for that is wanting to see God's kingdom be established through very practical ways. And that's what we get to part, be a part. And that's that part of being formed and shaped to become more like Jesus. And we've realized, and this is what we talk about, we need help for that to happen. I need help for that to happen. It just doesn't happen haphazardly. We need some structure and we need some framework. And so we've been doing this trellis as sort of an example, a visual reminder of this framework that God wants to put in our lives. 
And that just as a vine comes and it begins to grow and it begins to develop and climb up the trellis and the trellis is there as a support and it facilitates and it cultivates and it helps bring protection so that the plant can grow and be healthy and bear fruit. And that's what we want in our lives as followers of Jesus. And we've been saying, and we've been using this working definition. It's a little bit longer, so we'll see if you can memorize it. But this framework of life, it's being intentional. What is it? It's a pattern of practices that supports our friendship with Jesus so that we bear the fruit of Jesus' character, we experience Jesus' presence in everything, and we help offer Jesus' nourishing life to others. And we looked at the life of Daniel last week as an example of someone who had, as we saw, he developed a framework. He prayed three times a day and how that experience of being with God helped him in his workplace and how that permeated into every aspect of his life. And we saw last week that we don't want to just, in my pie shape, how we have different parts of our life. And one sense, we don't want to just add a spiritual part. We don't want to just add Jesus to one part of our life. We want Jesus as the center and covering every aspect of our life. That at Christ Central, we want Christ to be central in every aspect of our lives. And you've been very patient with me because I know some of you, you've been really honest with me and I appreciate that. Just going, Joe, I still don't quite figure out where you're going yet. And I'm like, just hold on. And maybe today might be one of the first steps we're gonna take at looking and adding something to this framework. And one of the things we're gonna look at over the next couple of weeks is we're gonna look at some foundations to this framework of life. And what I mean by foundations is we're gonna look at today at the Word of God, we're gonna look at the Bible, we're gonna look at prayer, we're gonna look at Sabbath and rest and creating space for us to be able to focus on God, and we're gonna talk about the Holy Spirit, how He's our helper to help us know and understand God. And why, why we call those foundations is this, no matter who you are, no matter what stage of life you are, doesn't matter, young, old, all of these things we're going to look at over the next couple of weeks, our foundation, they apply to all of us. Now, the outworking of them, we're going to give some flexibility and some variety, but the Word of God is fundamental and foundational to all of our lives. That's why it's a foundation, and that's why it's at the bottom. It helps support this framework of life. So this is what we're going to look at today, is feeding on God's Word. So, question for you. Have you ever heard of the phrase, you are what you eat? Have you ever heard that phrase before? You are what you eat. Now, can you just stop for and think for a moment? That's kind of a scary thought, isn't it? <laughs> you are what you eat. So, at the Crummy household, we eat a lot of cereal. So, if we became what we eat, we would be a cornflake, or maybe a Lucky Charm, or maybe a Cinnamon Toast Crunch, or fill in your blank for all the other Cereal, that's kind of, that is very gross, I agree. It's, all I can say is, you can stick with your all brand, and I'm going to stick with my Lucky Charms. Anyways, which would you rather become? I digress, okay. I got to pull you back in now. Get those images out of your head. We lost it on that one. In a similar way, what we digest spiritually affects and influences the person that we become. And Jesus said this in Matthew 4, 4, and he was actually quoting from the Old Testament, from the book of Deuteronomy, 
8, verse 3, Jesus said this, we do not live by bread on bread alone. We don't live on cereal or rice alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And as we feed on God's word, it nourishes us. It becomes a part of us. And one key foundation practice of this trellis, this framework of life that forms and shapes our spiritual growth is regularly reading and digesting and feeding upon God's word, the Bible. So I'm going to skip ahead one slide, and then we'll go back to the other one. Psalm 1 describes the person who continually feeds on God's word as one who is truly blessed. Let's read this together. The psalmist writes, Blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. Blessed is the person who meditates on God's word day and night. Now, many of you know that we have a dog. Her name is Harper. And in order to, this is not a real bone, but in order, my pie shape was so small last week and my bone was really, I'm just going with, this represents the bone. Now, our dog Harper loves taking a bone. And guess what Harper does when she gets a bone? She spends hours on it, gnawing it, chewing it, licking it, trying to eat it. And then she'll get distracted for a few minutes. And then she'll go back to chewing on the bone, gnawing on the bone, licking the bone. And guess what she'll do tomorrow? She'll lick the bone and gnaw the bone and digest the bone and all of those things. You know what? In a similar way, that's what that word meditate means. It's to gnaw and digest and spend time and to feed on God's word. And that's the Hebrew word meditate. That's where we get to chew and digest and delight and focus on God's word. And God's word says the person is blessed. It's like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf doesn't wither. It. It's a source of being fed that, you know what? As we read God's word, we don't always feel like we're being fed, but we are because our roots are going deep and we're being supplied with life. Folks, the word of God nourishes and feeds our souls. couple more verses just to help maybe convince you. Colossians 3.16, Paul writes, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. 2 Timothy 3.16, Paul says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the person of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The writer of Hebrews said this, Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and active sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart, for the Word of God is living and active. So I'm hoping that you're getting convinced that God speaks through His written Word. God's revealed to us who He is and His character and His purposes and plans through His written Word. He's communicated in a way that we can understand. In the Bible, God's word leads us to encounter the living God. We get to meet the author of the story. We get to meet the potter who's forming us as clay into his purposes and plans. So I want to, this morning, just briefly give you some very practical 
hints or helps or tools or aids on how to meditate on God's word? How do we feed upon God's word? And the first thing that we're going to do is this. We just want to come humbly before God's word. We want to come before God's word and just say, God, would you teach me? Would you speak to me? And God's provided his Holy Spirit, and we're going to look at the Holy Spirit in a couple weeks' time, but he's a teacher. He reveals. He enlightens. He helps us. And we come and say, Holy Spirit, as I open up your word, would you teach me? Would you feed me? Would you reveal? Because here's just one warning as we start. We can know God's word. We can study God's word. We can memorize God's word. And you know what can happen? We can actually miss God. So this isn't just about building up knowledge or it's like a history lesson or we know a lot of facts. Jesus actually said this to the religious leaders of his day in John 5, 39, 40. He said, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. So folks, that's why we got to approach humbly God's word. We don't use it as a weapon for our own sort of personal vendettas on things. We come humbly and say, God, you shape me through your word. You speak, Holy Spirit. I don't want to miss you. I want to encounter you. Ken Shigematsu in this book, God in My Everything, that we're kind of following as a guideline, he says this, I love this, the ultimate end of scripture is not the text itself, but an intimate, joyful, nourishing friendship with the living God. The written word helps us to encounter and unite with the living God. There's an author behind the written word that we get to connect with. So here are some helpful practices that I hope will encourage you and that you get to put into action. Number one, meditation. And I just have to say this because I've had some good feedback in the last couple of weeks. And when we use the word meditation, some people, and I get it, have been maybe even a little bit fearful going like, well, they've heard other sort of religious groups or other sort of spiritual things talk about meditating. And can I just say this? Meditate is a very biblical word. And actually, a lot of other groups have kind of stolen it from the Christian faith. But we want to, it's what is our focus on as we meditate? We're, we want to focus on God. We want to focus on Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and his word. It's coming to God's word, but we want to know it's more than just like a history book or book of fact. It's, a, it's God's personal like letter to us. So it's not a task to get through. You can't earn God's favor by like, I'm going to read God's word every day and God will think, look at how good I am. That's not where we're coming from. We come because Jesus has earned our favor with God. And when we put our hope and faith and trust in Jesus, we're a child of God and we already have favor with God. We want to now get to know God more. That's our motivation. We're developing a friendship with God. And in order to meditate, folks, this is the truth. It takes time. And why have we been focusing a lot on, like, you got to say no to some things, to say yes, you got to slow down and create, because in order to meditate, it takes some time. It takes some time to stop and to focus. And so I just encourage you, you know what, take some time and just start small. Start with, like, one or two verses. Start with even one word. Reflect upon it in light of your current circumstance. Allow it to shape and convict and comfort you. Pray it. Revisit it during the day. Because again, the goal is not for us just to fly through and rush through the scripture. The goal is for the scriptures to get through it to us. So this is all I do. This is very simple. I'm old school. I still have a journal. You can use your tablet, phone, 
whatever. But every, pretty much every day, not every day, most days, I get up and I'll preface by saying I can look at my phone to make sure there's no emergencies, but then I don't look at anything. I don't look at the scores. I don't look at Instagram. I don't look. I go to my journal. I write down anything. Sometimes I have a lot of dreams. So I write down my dreams and just see if God's speaking through that. Open up God's word. Take a few verses. Read them. Got my coffee. And what I do, what I find really helpful, I write down, I write out the words because it helps me, it helps me focus because you're kind of like, woo. So by writing down those verses, it actually helps train my mind and actually helps to me to remember. And then what I do is take some time to pray and just, and then what I try to do during the day is I try to remember and bring back to mind throughout the day what I've read that morning. So, maybe at noon hour, take a couple minutes, and I'll be like, okay, what did I just read this morning? How is that comforting? How is that helping me? How is that directing me? And throughout the day, I'm going back to those words. Folks, this is very simple, but it works. The other thing I do a lot of times, I read out loud God's Word. Because I don't know about you, but like my brain gets like so distracted. Like I'm a to-do list person, so I think of all the things I should be doing, all the things that need to be done. And but you know what? When I read out God's word, it focuses and it trains my mind that I got to listen to myself. And you know what it does? It actually helps you remember. And if any of you, Jackie Spin, elementary teacher, will tell you what's the best thing you can do for your kids and everything, read out loud. If you read out loud 20 minutes a day to your kids, they go way up. And folks, it's the same principle. We get to read God's word. It's going to help us and encourage. And I know some people struggle with being dyslexic and some people can't read. Look, there's lots of audio ways and books and apps and everything that the word can be read for you to help you. So here's an example this week which really helped me. To be honest, I was struggling a little bit with this whole series because I'm kind of, you start to doubt, you're kind of like, okay, are we on the right track? And are people tracking with this? And did I really hear from God on this? And you kind of battle those different things. And then just in my regular reading this week, I've been going through 1 Timothy and 1 Timothy 4, verses 7 to 8, and this helped me so much. This is what I read. So I'm struggling with a lot. That's the context. Then I read this. Train, Paul says this, train yourself to be godly. And I was like, that's what we're doing. We're not training ourselves to earn God's favor. We already have God's favor in Jesus. But folks, we need to be intentional. And Paul says this, you got to train yourself. And this is what we're doing. He says, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. And how many times have you heard me say, folks, all these little things we're talking about have eternal consequences as we train ourselves to hear God's word. It's a bit like Emma in that picture she was sharing during worship about the person who can't hear, but they pick up the rhythm from their partner and they begin to move and be able to be in step. Folks, part of us being able to be in step with God is learning from his word and God speaks through his word. And the word shapes and molds and becomes part of us and it becomes available as food for our journey, but also food for others. And I was so encouraged this week just being in some of the different life groups and how God's word just brought life and food to so many people. So 
Kelly Curtis here, she sent an email to her life group and someone shared something and Kelly wrote out Psalm 62 and how she had just read that this morning and how it really spoke to her and she was sending it out to encourage and how Psalm 62 is my salvation and my honor depend on God, he's my rock, he's my refuge and it was just like, oh, that is so good. And I was in a different life group and someone was really struggling with something and somebody brought Psalm 46 and it was this, be still and know that I am God. And then they shared the context of Psalm 46 is in the midst of chaos. If you read it, mountains are falling into the sea. It's like chaos. And God says, be still and know that I am God. And many of us had chaotic weeks, but we can know, we can be still and know that God is there with us. That's God's word speaking and encouraging us, but it spills out to encourage and feed others. We can marinate you think about marinating a steak. It's in these juices and it's tenderizing it. It's to soak and to steep. And the dictionary says this, marinade is to soak, to enrich its flavor, and to tenderize it. So you think about God's word. If we marinate in God's word, what does it do? It tenderizes us. Because we can be hard-hearted. But when we get in God's word, it begins to tenderize us and we begin to go, you know what? God's word says this. You know what? I realize maybe my attitude wasn't what it should according to God's word. Maybe my actions and my words and my deeds, and God's word begins to soften us, begins to change us and shape us. It also does this, it flavors us. God's word gets in us and it starts to spill out, as I'm saying. It enriches and empowers us. God's word stored in our hearts as we repeat and as we meditate and chew on and feed ourselves. God's word bears fruit in us, both now and in the future. And I know this, being a pastor in that, I pray for a lot of people. And usually when I start to pray for people, I don't even mean it. Usually some of the first things I pray is usually scripture. It just comes out. And God has a scripture for every kind of situation that's going because I've been storing God's word in and marinating and it comes out and it feeds other. And God provides wisdom and guidance and encouragement. And as I said, helpful hint, if you need to focus, if you're in a context, just speak it out loud. And it helps our brain to process it and marinate in it. And can I just say this? I almost said it in the first meeting, but I didn't want, Pam Wall was here in our first meeting and her husband John had both a stroke and a heart attack two weeks ago and has been in the hospital and really struggling and battled through and we've been praying for him. And I was just thinking, I was thinking of John when I was speaking, I'm like, I know John sitting in that hospital room by himself. I know the word of God is it's in him. And so I talked to Pam afterwards, and I said, Pam, I didn't want to say it because I didn't want to upset you. And she said, Joe, she said, so John has had to have a sitter with him because he's very unstable and everything. And she was just like, John's just speaking out, even in his confusion, he's just speaking out the word of God to this dear sitter who's sitting with him. <laughs> I said, I'm not surprised at all because John's got the word of God in him and it just spills out, even in his confused state. What spills out? the Word of God, because he's marinated in the Word of God. Another helpful tool is you can imagine yourself in the story. And this is maybe something we haven't done very much, but, and some of you are so creative, and you have great imaginations, and, and use it. Put yourself in the story to help the story become part of you. I tried to do this last week, just even when we're talking about Daniel. I was like, okay, you got to use your imagination. Like, picture yourself, Daniel, okay, you're being educated, and all of a sudden, in your culture and everything, and all of a sudden, war breaks out, and 
an invading army and you're taken away and like, can you imagine what it must feel like to be all of a sudden in a different culture and away from your friends and how did he keep his relationship with God? Like we're trying to empathize, we're trying to, oh, he prayed three times a day, like he had a framework. We're trying to put ourselves in the story. We do that at Christmas, don't we? We're like, okay, I wonder what those shepherds were thinking. I wonder what Mary was thinking. We're using our imaginations to become part of the story so that it becomes real and it gets in us. So you can take a passage of Scripture, you can take, I put one example, Matthew 14 up there, 21 to 33, Jesus walking on water. Can you imagine what it was like to be in the boat in the storm and the waves and the wind? And some of us have been, I've been on a boat in a storm before. You can picture it and you can see and Jesus coming and speaking and oh, like it comes alive. Folks, reading the Bible doesn't have to be boring. We have to engage we can use our imaginations to say, God, what are you saying? And we can become part of that story so that the story becomes part of us. We can memorize scripture. And man, this is one, I'll be honest, I've gotten lazy. Uh, you know why? Because I just pull out my phone <laughs> all the time. <laughs> and I've got all the apps and I've got the Bible. And so I've gotten lazy. I haven't memorized for a long time because it's just easy just to... But folks, memorizing God's word... Again, it helps us to become part of us. It slows us down to say, I got to repeat. And as I memorize God's word, I got to repeat it. And I got to say it back to myself. And I got to be able to focus. And I got to make it a priority. So it's good to memorize. It feeds us and it feeds others. And folks, this is what, how scripture becomes. And Paul said this in Ephesians 6. He said, the word of God becomes like a sword in spiritual battles. So you can begin to memorize some scripture that are good weapons for you when you face some difficult situations. So here's a couple examples. If you're facing fear and you get crippled by fear, and if you're a Christian, you can memorize one like 2 Timothy 1.7, which says this, and Paul reminds Timothy, who was fearful. He says, you've not been given a spirit of fear or timidity. That's not what you've been given, but you've been given a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Whew! We need to hear that one, don't we? And begin to speak that to yourself. You're not just positive thinking. You're speaking truth. And it's a spiritual weapon. Man, I'm feeling under it. I'm feeling fear, fearful and full of anxiety, and I don't know if I can do it. Joe, you've not been given a spirit of fear or timidity, but a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. I'm tempted to do something I know I shouldn't do. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, no temptation has seized you except that which is common to everybody. And God is faithful. And God will provide a way out, and God will provide a way for you to stand up under it. So I come against that temptation with the word of God. That's what Jesus did when he was tempted. He answered with the word of God. But if you have God's word memorized, it, you can use it, and you don't need your phone on you. You can say, oh man, sometimes we just feel attacked and we feel alone and everything. And I just come back like Psalm 27 is one of my favorite ones. And it just says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? Folks, memorizing God's word, it's powerful, but we got to use it. Got to speak it out. We got to know it. And the last thing is this. We got to live the word. 
And one of the dangers with memorizing, one of the dangers with reading, one of the dangers of we can think we know a lot. (laughs) And we do really well on Bible Jeopardy. (laughs) We can know a lot, we can memorize it, but then we can actually not apply it. And we can disobey and we cannot obey sins of omission and commission. In John 15, Jesus talks about this. He's like, if you abide and remain in me and me in you, and if you obey, part of the Great Commission, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. So folks, it's a bit like this. If you take my Plato represents our life. The Word of God is a bit like a rolling pin. It begins to mold us and shape us, and it begins to impact us, and it is one of the main ways God uses to form and shape us to be more like Jesus. We talk about it being a process. That's one of the processes that God does, and God's so good that's speaking to us through his word. So here's what I just want to share with you in closing. And this is where one of the most practical things of this framework of life begins to take root and take shape. So here's what I want you to do. This is what we're going to do in all the weeks we're talking on these things. This is what we're going to begin to do is you can write it down in your computer, phone, whatever, but we're actually starting to write out this pattern of life. And under the heading of God's word, what pattern of practices are you going to either begin or continue that's going to be a framework for your life? Because if we just think, well, you know what? I think tomorrow I'll get at memorizing God's word tomorrow, and then tomorrow comes, you're like, well, I had a late night, and I kind of slept in, and you're like, well, actually, I've got a busy day tomorrow, and a busy, and then I'm going away on the weekend, and then, well, when I just get to the Christmas break, and when you get to the Christmas break, it's all busy, and you're like, well, okay, I'm going to start out the new year with new year resolution, and then you're like, oh, if I can just get to March break, and maybe that's just me, but that's, let's just start small. And let's just maybe write down one thing. And this is, I'm going to give you a bunch of options. Because remember how I talked about a flexible framework? You customize it. We're all different. We're wired different. We have different schedules. So for some of you, your thing might be, I'm just going to start, and I'm going to take some of the morning, and I'm talking like start with five, ten minutes. I'm just going to read one or two verses. That's just get you started. That's a great starting place. You might go, I hate mornings, it's terrible. Okay, before you go to bed, but you can't fall asleep on me every night, all right? So some of your night hawks, use it wisely. Before you go to bed, I'm gonna read a couple verses of God's word because when you wake up, you're gonna remember what you just read the night before. And when you go to bed, you're like, oh, I remember what I read this morning. Pick, if it's noon hour, pick whatever works your schedule. And you might say this, in your framework of life, you might say, four to five times a week, I'm going to do this. Give yourself some grace. <laughs> Pick four or five. Four or five is better than zero. So don't worry about if it doesn't happen every day. But in this framework of life, you might add something like this. You might say, daily, I'm going to take a couple of verses, I'm going to meditate on it, I'm going to begin to memorize it. But then you might do this, weekly, 
You might say, I'm going to take an hour and I'm going to read a larger section of God's Word. Because the only problem sometimes with reading just a few verses, you've got to make sure it's in context, and sometimes you miss the big picture, the big story of God's Word if we only read it in small chunks. You might say, weekly, so every day, I'm just going to take a few minutes, going to read God's Word, I'm going to meditate, and hopefully that's going to grow. That's my aim, is as you get started, you're going to go, oh, my soul, 20 minutes went by. I can't believe it. Yay! Because <laughs> you're encountering God. But maybe once a week you're going to say, I'm going to take an hour. And then maybe this, in your framework of life, you might say this, once a month I'm going to take a whole morning just to focus on God's Word and maybe prayer. Do you see you're putting some anchors in your life that are like boundaries that help you? So you might do something daily, weekly, monthly. That's what we're talking about. Next week we're going to talk about prayer. Then we're going to talk about Sabbath. Then we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Then we're going to talk about money. And do you see how we're building we're building a framework of life that helps us, what? Experience Jesus and grow in his friendship, grow in his character, grow in understanding Jesus as part of every aspect of our life in order to bring life and nourishment to those around us. So here's some closing questions, and I'll put these on the live stream and in the email and for your life groups. So, just some things to think about. You know, are you understanding that the goal of reading God's Word and that is actually to encounter the living God? Or is it just a task and duty? Do you agree? Has this been your experience? What practices might best help you meditate on God's Word? So, is that just picking a few verses? Is that using your imagination? Is that memorizing God's Word? Third, is there a passage of Scripture that might be helpful for you to memorize? So are you struggling with something? Is there an antidote in God's word that help, if you memorize it, would help you to apply it when, you're fo you know, when you get fearful or you get anxious? Because you can start to pull them out. You can say, oh yeah, Philippians 4, 6, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and thanksgiving, with petition, present your request before God, da-da-da, and the peace of God will transcend all understanding. Like, you can begin to is there a passage from God's word that you are currently being called to live to obey? <laughs> so maybe you just realize, hey, God's been speaking and I just haven't been obeying. Well then, whew, let's take that step of obedience. In a second, Ollie's gonna come and just give a few closing announcements, but I would just love to pray for us and to ask for God's help. So if you're able, why don't you stand just as we close in the live stream and those online, I just wanna pray with you. I hope that's been helpful. You get to work this out in your life groups and in your families and in your conversations. We're just starting to build the foundation of our framework of life. And no matter who we are, feeding on God's word is one of those foundational things. When we do it, sort of how we do it, there's flexibility in that. But we want God's word. We want to marinate in God's word so that we're formed and shaped to be like Jesus, and God's word is one of the ways he does that. Father in heaven, we thank you that you're a relational God. We thank you that you've revealed yourself to us in your written word. You've revealed yourself to us in Jesus Christ. You've given us your Holy Spirit to help us. We're not alone. And I just pray, and I thank you for every person here, and wherever they are in their journey with you, I pray that as they open up your word, you would feed, you would reveal, you would teach, you would mold and shape to be more like your son, Jesus. For your glory and for the good of those around us, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.